y'all. Welcome to Through AAA Eyes. I'm your host, AAA. How was your week? I've had a pretty interesting week. Um, Then again, I think every week in Ghana is always interesting. There's always something coming out of left field. Um, But before I tell you about what happened, I want to thank all of you who took the time out to listen to my interview with uh, Corey Alston from Gullah Sweetgrass Baskets in South Carolina. We really appreciate it. And um, thank you for those who you know, reached out to me and gave me their feedback. I always appreciate it. So about a week ago, yeah, it was, I think it was last Wednesday. Um, I got a call, someone I knew went into labor um, early, unfortunately. Um, So the baby was seven months old at the time it was born. It was a quick delivery for the mom, which is awesome. The mom is uh, doing really well. But so the mom went to a smaller hospital, so-called hospital. I want to call it a clinic. And after she delivered, she was handed her child um, because the baby was having, um, you know, uh, since it was seven months old, they said the baby needs to go into an incubator and this particular facility didn't have one. So they literally handed her the baby and told her to go to a larger government hospital. Now, the time, travel time, assuming zero traffic, is at least 20 minutes. Um, and this tra- uh, travel was done in a taxi. There was no ambulance offered. So picture this, y'all. A preemie, you know, a premature baby who's having b- uh, breathing issues, handed over with no oxygen, and sent to a new hospital. And of course, when you get to the new hospital, there's administrative stuff you need to go through. And of course, to get people to take, you know, notice of you that you actually have an emergency. And all of this, right, you know, minutes after you gave birth. This is the state of affairs here. Now, before I continue, I think it's important to note healthcare is dodgy in most countries to different extremes. And so I'm not going to rail down on Ghana as if it's a unicorn here. But there are some real issues that we are facing here in healthcare, and it's killing people. You know, it's literally killing people, and they're you know, different reasons for it. So once I got to the hospital to check on the mom and the baby, um, the baby was not put in an incubator because they don't have enough. Um, But the baby was put on oxygen. And the nurse said, oh, everything's fine. You know, whatever examination supposedly had taken place, but there were no heart monitors on the baby. There's, you know, all the things that you're used to seeing elsewhere um, in a more um, sophisticated hospital, I suppose. These things were missing. 
So essentially, the premature babies here are just uh, expected to thrive or not. Um, so while, you know, okay, the baby seemed relatively settled in, now I wanted the doctors to take a look at the mom because, again, she just gave birth and was literally handed over her baby and she walked away. The mom, of, you know, understandably was in a state of, a state of shock and, you know, just didn't understand what was going on. Um, she's a first-time mom. And so I started trying to convince the nurses around that, hey, a doctor should check her out, make sure, you know, everything, you know, everything is okay. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. And I was asking for too much. One even went to the extent of saying, oh, well, the doctor will see her on the third day and then on the seventh day. That's how we do it. I said, that's fine, but can somebody check her today? And long story short, it didn't happen. Luckily, the mom seems to be well, but there is this notion that, well, you know, amongst the nursing staff, and I don't want to only blame the nurses because I think it might be something that trickles down from either the doctors or trickles down from where they are educated, that if I can see you standing and you look like you're breathing, you are okay. You know, nobody actually thinks about what could be happening inside the body and, you know, and that I was absurd in suggesting that somebody should consider checking out a woman who just gave birth. So now looking at this, I mean, it really, the whole situation just, you know, frankly pissed me off. The first time I came across this kind of attitude was about um, almost six months ago, someone else I knew fell down, hit their head, and hurt their arm. Later on, we found out it was broken. The arm was broken. But when we took them to, a, a, this was a private facility here, the nurse said, oh, it's not an emergency. I can tell when somebody's dying. So here, here we go again with that mentality. You know, and so I, I question, what are they being taught? Because if somebody tells me they knocked their head after falling, I'm checking their head first. The arm can be fixed. I want to know, did they get a concussion? Are they, you know, are they okay? But there was never a check from the doctor or the nurses. They just said, you know, oh, I'll go for an x-ray for the arm. and And that was it. And, you know, and to add insult to the matter, they took the money for the x-ray and then later said, oh, the x-ray machine doesn't work. So all the while the person was still in pain. So I want to ask my question this week is, what can we do to make health care better? You know, because... If you see in more, you know, developed countries, more, um, you know, uh, let's say um, countries with bigger economies and bigger budgets, let's say, they also encounter some of these issues. If you come across the wrong doctor or the wrong nurse, and maybe they're, you know, maybe they're good doctors, but today they're having a bad day and unfortunately you are the person in front of them. Or there are even studies that show 
women of color, especially black women, do not receive the same amount of care. Or um, I forget who did the study um, a few years back that a lot of incoming doctors in the States were under the perception that black women could take more pain than others because somehow we had more, we were superhuman. I mean, well, we are superhuman in some senses, but good Lord, that we do not need any, you know, any painkillers. And I'll tell you, if you're having surgery, trust me, you want the damn painkillers. Um, I underwent surgery a year ago and woke up in the worst pain ever because I wasn't given any painkillers. So in the end, I, you know, basically shouted at everybody so that they would discharge me early because if I was going to be miserable, I might as, be, uh, might as well be miserable in my own bed than be in a hospital where they're checking in on me and asking me if I'm okay, but I'm still in the same pain I woke up in. So there's something happening in our healthcare and it has been happening. And I want to know how do we, at least, I'm not going to talk about a global matter, how do we change things in our own districts, in our own communities? So I'm going to focus a lot on what I'm seeing around here in Ghana because that's that's my world now. Um, one of the, you know, I think it starts with education. I think we are training nurses and doctors, but we don't, we are not training necessarily empathetic nurses and doctors. And by that, I don't think a lot of them see their patients as human beings. And I understand, you know, some of that happens because they need to protect themselves um, you know, from being emotionally impacted by what they deal with on a daily basis. But if you're dealing with somebody who doesn't see you as a person with feelings and, you know, who can feel the hurt that they're causing you, you start to get cold, you start to get immune, and you start to get complacent. So something has to change in our training process. And that whole notion of, well, you look okay, so you're fine, that BS needs to go immediately, and it shouldn't be tolerated. Now, secondly, looking at healthcare here, our doctors and nurses, even the best ones, are seriously either understaffed, they, have, they don't have access to the equipment that they should, I mean, I'm seeing things in hospitals that are probably from the 70s. So in all that time, I mean, with all the medical technology that has, you know, been developed, they don't have access to it. So people are dying or suffering, in, you know, uh, from things that could easily be rectified, all because we don't have the equipment. You can go to, you know, bigger hospitals that don't have an MRI. So that mean, you know, that means a lot of doctors are operating on patients kind of blind. They are assuming but they don't know. And that's that's terrible. And you know, of course, we can have the argument of well Ghana is a 
poor country, but I'd like to say, no, we are not a poor country. Beyond the resources that we have here, a lot of this goes down to simple mismanagement of funds. And the only way I can say this nicely is all the people in power, and by power, I mean not only government officials, I'm talking about hospital officials, managers, procurement teams, Good Lord, keep your damn hands out of the pot. By that, I mean, don't, you know, misappropriate the funds because that's what's happening. A lot of times there is money put aside to create something. But by the time you actually get down to the end product, you will see that you got the bare minimum because everybody else has taken their chop money and moved on. They do not give a damn who they impact. Now, I could go on about the, the corruption level of this, um, but I'd like to do a different po you know, uh, podcast about the cost of business here and the hidden costs. You know, but at the very top, I can bet if we were to truly audit how much money comes into these hospitals and how much money is actually spent and get you know put out into the healthcare system you'd be surprised at how little that actually trickles down in the end. And I think we are at a point now where healthcare is so needed. And not all of my listeners have lived in a tropical country, but let me tell you, there are so many things here that can kill you. It's no joke. And I'm not talking about snakes or scorpions. And I mean, those, those, those little critters are around, but I'm talking about there are, you know, we, we have malaria, we have typhoid, you know, we've got all these different, different diseases, you know, that are around us, bed bugs, you know, lots of sanitation-related diseases, food-bound disease illnesses. And you need systems that work. Now, our traditional medicine, in a way, our traditional medicine at times is even better than the Western medicine, even though a lot of times we disregard the traditional but I think, especially in a country where the Western world and the cultural world are so blurred, I think we need hospitals that merge the two. And in order to give the best care to the patients, and we need doctors who are willing to weigh out these, you know, um, to weigh out the options and actually talk to their patients. Because a lot of times I've seen some of the doctors here are just maybe they're strapped for time or they just don't give a damn. It's hard to tell, really. They don't actually explain anything. So going back to the story about the mother who had just given birth, no one really talked to her about what was happening. All she knew was she gave birth and the baby wasn't well. And that was it. And she stood in the corner looking like she was going to pass out. But nobody ever asked her, are you okay? So, 
if you aren't proactive about your own health care, and even by being proactive about your own health care, you got to be careful because, you know, God forbid you piss off a doctor or piss off a nurse, and now they're going to hurt you on purpose. And I'm speaking from, you know, experience here. I have had some, you know, touch and go situations, not only in Ghana, with not, you know, nurses and doctors, because I wanted to advocate for my own health. It's, it's really, really hard. And now we have, okay, let's talk a bit more about the funding aspect. We've got a lot of NGOs here who come in and they, you know, they're here. Some are here with good intention. Others are not. I'll, you know, again, I say if you're going to give charity to anyone, investigate them and see what they're actually doing. But when they come in, they build clinics and we need more clinics. There are so many rural areas. There's so many villages that, that have zero access to healthcare. When they come in, a lot of the well-funded ones might come in with millions. But again, where does that money go? And we need to really audit some of these systems because there is a lot of loss happening and the people are paying the price. I see a lot of people walking around with conditions here that could have been rectified while they were children. Something as simple as wearing, you know, an orthopedic boot to straighten out a leg, um, you know, resetting of bones properly, just different, different things. And again, if you've never been outside and you don't know it's possible, you accept this is the best or this is God's will. And it's hard when you've been outside and you know People don't need to suffer this way. So on the grassroots, uh, grassroots level, what can we do? I think we need to put a little bit more pressure on the powers that be. They need to do better. So before they use your money to buy a new four, um, you know, four by four to ride down the middle of the road, oh, for those who don't understand what I'm saying, in Ghana, the ones who think they are too busy or too cool to stay in traffic drive down the middle of the road because we don't have a, a median in the middle of the road. So they just drive down with their um, their signals, you know, uh, flashing, their lights flashing at you and honking. And that's what they do so that they can get where they're going, whereas they have the power to widen the roads and put traffic lights and make sure that the traffic lights work so that everybody can get where we're going. I think at the root of all of this is we are just selfish. That's it. Human beings are selfish. I'm going to go there because if you had the power and you had the means to improve your community's life and you choose not to, let's call it what it is, selfishness and greed so on the on the grassroots level i think we need to demand more it is not okay that mothers go in to give birth and the babies die because of neglect or negligence from the medical staff it is not okay that people go 
to the hospital, travel miles, pay how much money and don't get help because the doctor thinks they know better. Where, you know, the medical boards need to do more because essentially they are the ones giving the licenses to these people to come and torture others, essentially. And there has to be, you know, the health board, the medical board need to sit down. There has to be protocols put in. No one should ever take a baby, you know, without oxygen and travel 20 minutes. Good Lord, if we ask any of these fools to hold their breath for a minute, I bet they couldn't. So now if you can't breathe and you travel that far, what are the repercussions there? And did they even consider those repercussions? So guys, you know, I'm sorry to have gone a little bit um, deep with this, but it's been weighing on my heart and we need a change. And it's not only in Ghana. If you are sitting somewhere thinking, oh, thank God we don't have that. Look into it. I bet you you've got your own nonsense going on. So this is worldwide and it's not only about women's health, it's everybody's health. We can do better. We have the resources. Simple things. And I think at the end of it, because the governments may not care to do anything about it, it falls onto the citizens to do better. You know, and... For example, I want to research how much does an incubator cost? And is there a way to, you know, to to raise the money to put, you know, to get an incubator into every hospital? And once that incubator is there, then you also run into the whole thing of, well, I have more money than you, so my baby gets dibs on the incubator. You see, there's that selfishness again. So there's a lot we have to work on. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. We've got to do better. So that's it for me this week, y'all. Let's do better. Let's take care of each other to the best of our ability. And... Let's try and live. I mean, people are literally dying, y'all. Let's just live. Thank you for listening in. I'm AAA and I'm signing off and uh, looking forward to talking to you all next Wednesday. Take care. Bye. Bye.